Big Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. At the top of the show in the introduction, we say, you'll get debate. Well, there'll be no debate today about who was the winner of yesterday's preseason practice between the Browns and the Eagles. That one was a decisive victory for the hometown squad. And John McMullen was there bright and early. Johnny Mack, when did you get the text saying, get your butt over here to South Philadelphia? Uh, early? Uh, I don't know the exact time, but uh, I did miss Nick Sirianni for the first time. So I wasn't able to get over there uh, until I made it for the start of practice, though. But uh, yeah, moved up from five to 145. So potential thunderstorms. I don't know if it ever did storm. So, but. You know, they had to get it in. They wanted to get it in, um, and they were able to do so. Maybe the Browns didn't want to get it in <laughs> afterwards. But, uh, yeah, things got, as they tend to do, they get a little more chippy day two. Eagles were far more physical. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, that was one of the – I got to go back to when Tom Brady came in and the Patriots during the Chip Kelly era. Um, they gave the Eagles kind of a beat down in a joint practice. That was, that was like this. I mean, it was not close, um, from a perspective of, of, you know, dominating the, uh, sessions, the team sessions, uh, yeah, Cleveland, I think they were, they were happy with day one and they kind of were a little complacent, uh, and they got, they, they paid for it. And you mentioned that uh, day twos can get a little bit more chippy. Do you think it was more the fact that it was day two practice two? Do you think it was the complacency of the Browns? Do you think it was the Eagles were very motivated because they knew they actually came out on the short end of the stick on their field in game number one? What do you think it was the heat? Because there's oh, the heat's part of it the too. Of the yeah. day also gets things a little bit hot. You were standing out there yesterday. I just went outside the house. I wasn't over with you, but. It was it was like a soup yesterday. Yeah, it was it was very humid. Yeah, that's always part of it. Uh, yeah, nobody's happy. That was you know, 
That was the biggest sweat day of the summer, I think. It was it was a good description. It was soupy out there. Um and yeah, that always plays a part in it. But I, I think the you know, all of a sudden I, I think, you know, I think it's human nature and that Cleveland said, Oh, we hung with one of the best teams in football. And I just think they were a little bit all right. And Miles Garrett wasn't there in team drills, and that you know he blew up so many plays by himself. Uh, that made it a little bit easier for the Eagles. Uh, and sure, I mean Nick Sirianni, yeah, I mean he told them, "Let's go," you know, "What are you doing?" Um, and they came out with a lot more energy, the Eagles. So um, all of that, but uh, yeah, I, I mean. I get it from both perspectives. As I said, the Browns probably felt like eh, we hung with one of the best teams in football. Uh, we're we're pretty good, and the Eagles said we're one of the best teams in football. What the hell are we letting the Browns hang around this kind of thing? So it was a dominant practice for the Eagles on both sides of the ball yesterday on offense and defense, and at least from the reports, yours and others that I read, uh, if you were looking for a star of the day, it might very well have been Reed Blankenship with not one, but two interceptions again. And haven't watched Blankenship play from the time he, he got here last year as an undrafted free agent uh, right up till today, where he's the unquestioned lone starting safety for the Eagles. As far as we know, he's going to be uh, one of the starters. The guy just has a nose for the football, John that he doesn't have those physical traits that you're looking for, not the most athletic guy on the planet, but he just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And man, has he shown off those skills so far in preseason here this year? Yeah, he's, uh, I've already declared the NFL got, got that one wrong. And the NFL as a whole uh, got that one wrong. I mean, the Eagles got him for five grand. The Eagles didn't even know what they had. I, I, I mean, they didn't. He was maybe the last of their undrafted class. Um, they didn't expect anything. Um, you know, they gave Carson Strong three hundred grand as an example. Uh, so they had no idea. And I, I just look at on this team when we say the safeties and safety. You know, Terrell Edmonds was a first round pick. Uh, Justin Evans was a second round pick in this league. Kayvon Wallace was a fourth round pick. Sidney Brown was a third round pick. He's better than all of them. All of them. They got it wrong. I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say he's Minka Fitzpatrick or Derwin James. I think they're the best two safeties in football right now. Um, But he can play and he knows how to play. And he was a five-year starter in college. Um, it, yeah, it was Middle Tennessee State, but, you know, Kevin Bayard went there. <laughs> he replaced Kevin Bayard, and he, and he started for five years, and he just knows how to play. Um, and he's he's fine when you say athletically. Yeah, he's not Sidney Brown athletically. But he he reaches the, the 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 demarcation line. You have to be athletic enough to play in the NFL. Right. He reaches that line, and once you reach that line, it's about the other stuff, and the other stuff he's off the charts with. So, um, I mean, he's been one. There were a ton of stars on that field over the past two days for both teams. Um, 
and he was one of the best players on the field. I think that tells you plenty, and it means the Eagles have at least one of their safety spots locked down. Another guy who made a couple of plays yesterday, and you've been talking about Mr. Brown the last few days saying, hey, let's get those startup costs out of the way. Give him a chance early on, early Eagle schedule. Uh, I, You know, you've seen more than I have. Uh, I watched the preseason game, made a couple of plays, made a couple of tackles, overran one play pretty badly. He plays very fast and aggressively, which is both good and potentially bad. But I hear what you're saying, John. And the biggest reason for me why I'm in agreement with you is there isn't the guy he's replacing that I go, wow, you could be making a mistake by not playing him. I understand you just ran down the uh, slots where the safeties were taken. Put the draft, put where they were picked behind them. Just analyze what they've done so far in camp. Is there anybody else who's jumped out at the safety spot where you've said, other than Reed Blankenship, that you say, oh, yeah, no, he's got to start. He's got to play. He's got to be part of the mix. I haven't seen that from any of the other Eagle safeties of you. No, I haven't. I mean, you you see good things, the versatility of Terrell Edmonds, um, you know, playing a hybrid sort of linebacker safety role when they move to the big nickel. You see Kayvon Wallace, the physicality. I mean, the the Browns, it might have been Jimmy Haslam. I saw somebody. I Ed Kratz told me I was I was trying to look at all three fields, so I was up at the make the little stands at the Novacare complex for people that know because then you can sort of go at the top and survey all three fields ed kratz was down on the field and he told me somebody on the browns was saying get get on 42 get on his ass because he was being so physical uh with the browns and that's Kayvon wallace somebody else said it was jimmy haslam himself (laughs) which i don't know if it was but uh it might have been but somebody did and so he's been very physical, and that kind of explains maybe why he's back in the picture because the Browns were really upset that he was beating them up a little bit. Um, and, you know, Justin Evans is probably a better coverage player uh, than they have, than everybody else. Um, as I said, he's had significant injury issues. So there's little pieces of these guys. But nobody stood out to the point where you say, all right, you got to keep Sidney Brown. Now, I'm going to give Tim McManus, my buddy, credit. We were talking about it because I gave him my theory that I gave you. And he did bring up a point I didn't uh, think about, and that's the way the Eagles play defense. Number one, number one, number one, limit explosive plays. I said I said that here yesterday. You did listened you? to McManus, but not to Jody Mack. Huh? I, well, if you did, I, I I missed it, and I apologize. But that is the number one goal of this defense: limit explosive plays. I remember you saying if you make mistakes, but I, I he specifically said, the, and if you did again, I apologize. Um, I did, but here's what I also said: it's a new defensive coordinator, and you and I have been talking about this since the day Sean Desai was hired. It's going to be different. It's going to be very similar. A lot of the same traits. Nick Sirianni still the head coach. But it's not going to be like this is going to be Jonathan Gannon's defense and it's just a different guy standing on the sidelines calling out the same exact thing. He'll tinker with it. He'll play it a little different. And this may be one of those things that we judge 
you know, Sean Desai's got some flexibility, maybe more flexibility than Gannon had. No, he's not allowed to have that flexibility because that's the head coach. That's the head coach. And I think people don't – and I got this this morning on Twitter again. People hate Jonathan Gannon so much in this town. Forget the bizarre nature of it. It's the head coach's demand. It's the head coach who has very few rules for his defensive coordinator. But that's one, and that's non-negotiable. That's what he wants. That's what Nick Sirianni wants. So blame it on Jonathan if you want. But I'm telling you, Sean Desai can tweak and do this and do that. One of the things he's done that he's he's using everybody everywhere, right? right? He had James Bradbury in the slot. He had, you know, he's got Derek Barnett as a drop linebacker. Josh Sweat as a drop linebacker. I don't think that's going to work out too well because they weren't happy when you're dropping Hassan Reddick. Let's see how happy they are when you're dropping Josh Sweat. Um, so he's been doing a lot, the, the big nickel. Uh, uh, he's used a ton with Terrell Edmonds playing linebacker. He's doing a lot of things personnel-wise. If he starts giving up explosive plays, Nick Sirianni's going to put his foot down and say, no. That's number one, number one, <laughs> limit explosive plays. Because as an offensive guy, his whole philosophy is that's what's most difficult for me as an offensive guy, and that's how I want my defense to play. How many, how many quote-unquote explosive plays, and I know exactly what you're saying, um, would Sidney Brown have to give up? if he's the starting safety before the head coach steps in and goes to the offense court and said, what the hell are you doing playing a rookie? He's giving up explosive plays. Get one of those veteran safeties in there. How many times do you think he'd have well, to do it's that not if about, the decision is between now and the beginning of the season that Brown's your starter? I, I don't think you want to uh, uh, screw with him mentally at that point. Like if he gives up two big plays in the opener against New England. I don't think you want I, the the problem is pulling the trigger, pulling the trigger. Like behind the scenes, when you say, are, "Is he going to be a week one starter?" That's where I'm concerned that that Nick Sirianni will say he's not ready yet. He's going to make too many mistakes, uh, too many explosive plays. He's going to he's too undisciplined, that type of thing. If they pull the trigger, I don't think you have to worry about it unless it becomes egregious and he's given up two touchdowns a week um you know something that's so outrageous you can't look at it but once you pull the trigger the last thing you want to do is say i'm going to start him week one but he gave up a, a 70 yard touchdown because he made a mistake and then you're going to bench him week two i don't think you can do that and that's where maybe they they're cautious. Look, I'm saying I'm I'm starting them. I've already said it. I'm I'm getting it over with, and hopefully he you know picks it up quickly. Um, but I I do, and again I'll apologize for the third time. If uh, I do, you know, think they might be more cautious about it because of the way they want to play defense. If he's on, if he's if he continues to be that undisciplined, 
And like I said, in watching the preseason game, you're there for every single practice. I'm not, uh, but I did see him overrun a player too. I specifically watch him because he made a couple of nice plays as far as tackles go. So I wanted to zero in on him. Yeah, he was out of position in a couple of plays too, but that's the nature of his game right now, but it can be refined. It can improve. And I think it will over the course of time. He's going to be a starting safety for the Eagles at some point. The question is when is it as early as week number one? And uh, Johnny Mack gets those startup costs out of the way as early as possible. That's kind of what I'm rooting for now. And I think Eagle fans should be rooting for as well. If you were down there yesterday, you were rooting for the offense, the defense, the Eagles dominated uh, the Browns. <laughs> question on a player i didn't hear anything didn't say anything. everybody writes about the eagles um it was announced that dorian thompson robinson's gonna start the game on thursday night which kind of expected deshaun watson was gonna sit and uh i watched uh what brown's preseason game against the jets oh the hall of fame game and dorian thompson robinson played well and i always liked him at ucla and you and i talked about him as a potential yeah, eagles, eagles draft yeah. Yeah. yeah and he ended up going in the the fourth round to the browns um, how has he looked the last couple of days? Uh, not, I mean, I hasn't maybe got three reps, if that. Okay. Uh, it was all Watson and Dobbs. That's the whole thing. You know, it's all first and second team. Um, same thing with the Eagles. You didn't see much of Tanner McKee. You, you didn't see Ian Book. That's what they do in these joint practices. This Just is where the, two teams. the, the relevant you. players get work, and that's why – the game becomes the Dorian Thompson, and you're going to see a lot of Tanner McKee and um, Ian Book, uh, and his, maybe his, you know he'll be around because you don't have the cut anymore. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an ugly preseason game, Jerry. And if and if you need any more examples of the relevance of the joint practices compared to an actual preseason game, which oh by the way. They'll open up the gates. They'll let you come in. They'll charge you to come in. They'll charge you for hot dogs and beers yeah, and everything yeah. else. And the Eagles will make a whole bunch of money tomorrow night. The actual level of players that will be playing doesn't quite compare to the joint practices that you can't yeah. get in the two days previous. Yeah, there's just something wrong with that. I'm sorry. I get it. I understand it. And I understand the philosophy of the teams. It just seems wrong to the fans, but hey, if you're going down, I agree. But I, you know, before these practices started, I said this is probably the two most important days of the summer for the Eagles, and pay attention to what goes on in these practices. You don't have to listen to me, but listen to who you trust that's there every day, because these are far more relevant than uh, what you're going to see on TV. Thursday night, far more relevant. Exactly. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Mac and Mac. Uh, Wednesday get together. We got a couple of guys who jump on with us uh, fairly regularly. Mike Gill does it every Wednesday, and he will do so coming up in the next five minutes. And our buddy Hunter Brody will be bored now with number two from Broads Media. Uh, so we've got uh, two good guests coming your way. We'll continue to talk about the birds, leading into the all important. Yeah, I can't even, I can't do it with a straight face. Uh, game against the Cleveland Browns in preseason action tomorrow. Much more important than the last two days of joint practices. We'll talk all things birds. Mike Gill from Down the Shore, 97.3 ESPN, the Sports Bash, next.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. That would be John McMullen to my right and yours truly to my left. And we thought we had Mike Gill and he just disappeared. I don't know what the hell happened to him. Uh, <clears throat> we saw him in the green room and then uh, he took a powder. Ah, but, you know, uh, sometimes your computer goes down. You got to get back. He'll be back. I have confidence. We'll punch Mike Gill up in just a second. All right, quickly, before Mike uh, joined us, you mentioned how it's all first team and second team in these joint practices. If third team guy gets in, it's uh, a rarity. Then where is Tyree Cleveland on the Eagle depth chart as of now? Because, Johnny, he's making plays again. He did in the preseason game and made a couple of big catches the last couple days as well. Um, If if he's not second team, then – uh, he's getting some serious teams as a th- uh, reps as a third teamer. What's his status looking like as potential? He's making a run. He played very well in Baltimore. Him, him, and Mariota have a nice connection going uh, on the back. You know, the backup group. Uh, that and, and and we see Mike. Uh, let's see if we can pull him up, uh, Xander. Uh, but we're talking about Tyree Cleveland, Mike. He. Uh, uh, they 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 were doing a a period where they were eight minutes down. He catches the touchdown and then comes right back and catches the two point uh, conversion from Marcus Mariota. Um, he's he's in the mix now. He's the best. I describe he's he's the best of the the bottom tier of receivers. So you have the top five. Um, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Alameda Zacchaeus, Britton Covey, mainly because of his punt returning. And then you have Cleveland, I think, is clearly number six. But this is where Tyree Cleveland has helped, guys. He's a good special teams player. Mm -hmm. And 
they just lost Sean Bradley for the year. One of their best special teams players. We might have an, he texted me, he's having internet issues. So hopefully we can figure that out. Uh, but Jody, I think that's where, you know, maybe, maybe they look at him harder because they need another good special teams player and he's doing well as a receiver. So you have that dual duality there. And again, you can play, maybe you can, you can probably get Covey through waivers. You can play with that 53 man to start, elevate him to be the punt returner. That's what they did last year for three games. They elevated him for three games. And then when they had to, they put him on the roster and generally somebody else might get hurt. Spot might open. They can do a lot of different things, but he's in the conversation now. Tyree Cleveland has put himself in the conversation. He surely has. Uh, along those lines, you mentioned a good special teams player, and that means you're, you're talking <clears> about getting down in coverage. Mostly, most importantly on punts, kickoffs. I'm sorry. I just think there's going to be a whole bunch of kickoffs that are never returned. Either they're going to oh, be yeah. out of the back of the end zone or they're going to be fair caught with the new rules in the NFL. So coverage on kickoffs isn't near as important as it used to be. Uh, has he been one of those guys who has gotten – and I'm sure you guys almost like, yeah, I know you do it with raised eyebrows and maybe even a chuckle. Has he been part of the returning punts, one or two shots, not named Britton Covey guys who have done? I know AJ no. always wants no. to do it. He wants no. to get out there and take a shot, which you know they're never going to let him do. But uh, has, has Tyree Cleveland done any of that? No. Um, the punt returners are Covey, Greg Ward, uh, and Demonte Smith. Uh, for obviously very high leverage situations, which they've done in the past, Alameda Zacchaeus and AJ. Um, and AJ just does it for fun. Right. Uh, he told us um, that that's it. And that's why when Zach McPherson showed up in Baltimore and he was doing it, you know, he never taken a practice rep as a punt returner, but Ward got hurt in the game. Covey was out. Um, Devontae is not playing. AJ's not playing. Oz wasn't playing. They didn't have a. They didn't, they didn't have any of the guys uh, available to take punts. So somebody had to do it, and Zach Zach was able to do it. But no, Tyree has not getting uh, even a a rep as a punt returner or a kickoff returner. Should they? Um, I don't know if he could do it, um, but. I'm surprised that they don't give a few more people looks at punt returners specifically. If they give Zach McPherson one, why not Tyree Cleveland? Uh, maybe, he's, you know, he's a big guy. He's not, you don't see too many six foot two, 210 pound. Uh, yeah, that, that's uh, why it's returners. funny when AJ goes back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe kickoff return would be make more sense. Because those are for the bigger guys. Um, uh, they're different sort of roles. You need to be shiftier. Um, you got to make that first guy miss as a punt returner. I think, if anything, he would be more of a kickoff returner. Kickoff All right. Yeah. Um, while we still try and work our way to Mike Hill, <laughs> we see his smiling face on there and the way that he's got the camera. Syracuse, the he orange. have to do a T-shirt reveal today. Yeah. It's right there, front and center. He is orange. He is Mike Gill. You got your computer up and running, buddy? 
major internet problems. I had to go to the phone today. I hope it sounds okay. But uh, yeah, my 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 uh, laptop is not cooperating today. What did you have any storms down there? Is it lap? Is it is it hardware related or 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 storm related internet? You know what? I'm not sure. It looks a little overcasty out, but I mean, I have two different internet services in here, and I keep switching back and forth, and neither one of them are are holding me in there. So yeah. my phone seems to be. Uh, I don't know. Is it okay? Yeah, your yeah. your picture yeah. seems fine. You sound fine. Right. And we know you're a Syracuse guy now because you got the t-shirt on. Um, yeah, sometimes weather uh, re- redirects your life. It did for McMullen yesterday. I had to go running over to this the South Philadelphia because they moved the practice up to one thirty to try and dodge storms that may or may not have come. I wasn't in South Philly. John was, um, but I don't know that they even needed to do it, but it was hot as were the Eagles yesterday. Uh, Mike Gill after the first practice, which the Eagles essentially lost again, I wasn't there, but that's what most everybody said. I think John was more forgiven to the Eagles than most that he called it as close as it was. A couple others said, yeah, unquestioned, the Browns won. Well, even less question was the amount that the Eagles won by yesterday. Dominating fashion. How good a sign is that, that they go out, uh, like maybe don't play a great first quarter when they decide, okay, now we got to kick it into gear. <laughs> they didn't kick their tails yesterday. How how does that portend going into this upcoming season? Well, and I know um, the first day people thought that it was the offense that struggled, that the defense still held up its end of the bargain against the Browns for the most part. And then yesterday, the offense, and even Nick Sirianni admitted that his offense did not, uh, or Brian Johnson's offense, didn't have the day they had hoped. It sounded like yesterday um, that things were clicking better. I think one of the things you take away, though, is how important these offensive linemen are. I mean, I talked about this yesterday on my show, Jody. We take for granted sometimes a guy like Isaac Sayamala. He's not a pro bowler, but you just assume the next guy is going to jump in there and be as good, if not better, than Sayamala was because, well, he's not a pro bowler. Nobody cares about him. Like Fans sometimes are so fixated on the accolades and the awards that Sayamala is a pretty big hole that needs to be replaced in I don't know, John, you may have seen more. I was told by some people that Jurgens did not have a great day. Uh, and then obviously you lose Dickerson and you struggle with Stu Opetta playing in that spot. So I think if anything, how important it is, is it shows how important the Eagles offensive line. And I think last night, Jody, I'm sure you watched the hard knocks where Robert Sala said, you can have a Hall of Fame quarterback, two $10 million uh, receivers, the rookie of the year, a deep running back room. But if the big boys don't do their job, it don't matter. So the Eagles can have all the talent in the world, but their bread and butter, I think what we find out is the most important is across that line. And Mylotta got whipped on Monday. He seemed to be better yesterday. You lose two guards. Um, yeah, that's that's the eye-opening thing about how quick a season can get derailed by guys that you just take for granted a lot. Yeah, I mean, Howie says it all the time when people get mad at him. You know, you go back to when they drafted Cam Jurgens and everybody said, go get Nicobe, go get Nicobe. And he's like, flat out said, we're always going to take the offensive lineman if it's even uh, or defensive lineman. Um, and they ended up getting Nicobe anyway uh, in the third round. But um, By the way, I was one of those people who was kind of scratching my head at why are you taking a backup – uh, the heir apparent center 
in the yeah. second round. And my reasoning really was, look, centers are guys that you can find later on in the draft. I thought that was an extremely high value if he's going to be a player that you are hoping takes over for somebody. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, the two teams I always look at are Seattle with Russell Wilson in his prime, uh, and they were able to uh, win uh, the one Super Bowl. Should have won two, but they never had a good offensive line. I always think what that team could have been. And then Minnesota. We Minnesota. Said, all, these, all these skill position players they have always have a terrible offensive line. And, you know, Anybody watch quarterback talking about hard knocks? Anybody watch this quarterback on Netflix? Kirk Cousins got beat to shreds last year because they can't block anybody. Um, yeah, if you can't block anybody, you can't play offense. It's just, and the Eagles seem to understand that better than most teams. Uh, but you're right, Mike, that's a concern the depth on the offensive line. Not only Isaac, but also Andre Dillard, they had tremendous depth. Now, Isaac was a starter, but that makes Camp Jurgens a depth beast. Now we're talking about what if Kelsey gets hurt? He got banged up. Camp Jurgens got to move the center, you know, but backup center. Uh, you mentioned Sue Opeta coming in at left guard. That does not look good. And I would argue Isaac Samalo should have been a Pro Bowl player. He was a Pro Bowl alternate last year. Should have been the pro bowler. Landon should have been the alternate. Now, Landon has the higher upside, but I think Isaac, uh, yeah, he, he might have been the most underrated player on this team last year. Was a really, really good player. I'm concerned about the depth on the offense. Well, line. I, and I don't want to be the gloom and doomer here, but. Now you bring um, up a good point, though. But keep in mind how healthy this team was last year. I mean, at some point, the, the, you got to pay the tab on that, right? I mean, you, how many times do you make it through multiple seasons without having a couple of key moments in your season where you have to persevere and try to use your depth? I mean, and I look at a couple areas on this team, offensive line being one. Uh, you know, Mylotta's missed a handful of games here and there. Johnson... Uh, has been relatively healthy after having some, you know, but he's missed a few. Kelsey has made well, it through. Mike, guys, go back to Doug Peterson's last season. Nick Sirianni, yeah. by the way, to Nick Nick Sirianni's credit, he points this out <clears> all the time. Usually, when you're a first-time head coach, Shane Steichen, unfortunately, this year in Indianapolis, Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, usually you come in and you got a mess on the offensive and defensive lines. Nick came in, had a great offensive line, just just all got hurt uh, in Doug's last year, had a great yeah. defensive line. And well, boom. which was similar to Andy's last year as well. I mean, Andy had all the injuries. Chip Kelly came in, and the, the line was healthy again. And even Chip was the benefit of the offensive line returning uh, to full health. You remember Andy's last season, I think they had six guys on that offensive line get hurt. Um, and, and they were rotating guys in and out every single week. Kelsey got hurt. He missed a bunch of games at the end. That was like the 2012 season. But, you know, the other area would be at corner. Um, you know, I know everybody loves what Josh Jove's doing, and Eli Ricks had an interception return for a touchdown. 
Well, your two corners played 17 games last year, and those guys are, 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 you know, you you wonder. And I'm not saying season-ending stuff, guys, but you might have to say, hey, guy's got an ankle, he's got a hammy, or he's got a groin or something for a couple of weeks throughout the course of the season. Here's the key for me, and John and I were just talking about it, want to get your take on it too. The size defense as compared to Gannon's defense. We all believe it's going to be similar, probably very similar. It will not be exactly the same. You know that the different person in charge is going to do it differently. And I had a chance to interview uh, Desai on WIP last week, and he wasn't really too giving on facts or figures, and (laughs) he he didn't go in-depth much with what his defense. Did he give you a palpable, Jody? Did he give you a palpable? Didn't didn't go palpable on us. but we're going to have to wait and see for ourselves if the defense is very Gannon-like, it's Sirianni-like. Well, those corners don't uh, get up and, and take any hits. They don't, they're don't. they not asked to come up and play the run and be aggressive and go mano a mano face-to-face with a guy. I think that lends itself to the fact that they didn't get hurt much because they're not asked to be physical corners, and I don't think they're going to be asked to be physical corners this year either. That's true, and I think that happens. You know, we talk about this a lot on my show. Is uh, and, and they say the guy's injury prone. Are you injury prone, or do you just have some freak things happen? Like, for instance, the guy who's injury prone to me is soft tissue guy who who doesn't need to be physical. He doesn't need to hit anybody, and he can get hurt just because you know he pulls a hamstring, uh, he, he pulls a groin. Um, those type of guys are the guys that you worry about. And then I guess with Bradbury and Slay. They don't have to be physical to get those injuries playing the position they play coupled with where they are on the calendar. And that's where you wonder at what point do their legs start to get a little tired if they're playing every single snap of every single game uh, because the Eagles just don't have trusting depth there. You know, how many times I think we, we may have talked about it last year here, guys, where the Eagles would have pretty big leads and you'd be like, they didn't play anybody. They didn't take anybody out of the game. They just, I'm still yeah. ticked off about N'Kobe Dean's numbers of snaps last year. Shame on uh, both Gannon and the uh, linebacker Yeah, but coach. for what it's worth, I mean, like if you have co- good corners, good outside corners, that's not a rotational position. Like nobody rotates cornerbacks um, not rotating just like hey we're up comfortably that's uh, the last five minutes of this game or you know yeah, yeah i see what you're saying john but just more hey we've got a pretty good grasp on this game we're gonna we're gonna get some guys out but, there you know what though in the modern nfl and i'm gonna i'm gonna play devil's advocate for nick because she said that you know what is out of reach because man you see it every week in this league you know Teams come back from two touchdowns down to fourth quarter. You were down two touchdowns 10 years ago. Forget about 20, 30. It's over. Game's over. Not now, man. People are going up and down the field and left and right. I mean, I agree. They should have gotten, especially at linebacker, they should have gotten Nicobe some more snaps because they knew the long-term plan as well. And I think there was opportunity. But Slay and Bradbury last year, you know, I don't think Zach McPherson was an outside corner. 
Right. Um, did did but, we know Josh Job was going to be pushing for a job? That yeah. half of the guys that are in the mix now weren't even here. They weren't yeah. Eagles yet. They were on other yeah. teams. Nicobe was a third round pick that you knew there was a good chance he's going to be your starting middle linebacker this upcoming season. Uh, the, the linebacker choices to get into the game and the outside corner guys, two completely different things. Yeah, and they have more depth now. But even so, Josh Job's having a great summer. Uh, Calais Ringo's got tremendous potential, but, uh, you know, I think it's going to take a while. Um, and uh, now they're sort of cross-training Zach back outside as well as inside. Um, but, boy, if those guys are healthy, they're going to play. That's not a rotational position. Um, and if it is, it means you don't have corners. And that's where they're like, oh, this guy stinks. Let's try this guy. <laughs> but when you have two arguably top 10 corners, if they're healthy, they're going. But to your injury uh, point, Mike, which is a good one, the best description of that is the running backs. DeAndre Swift, you can argue, is injury prone. He's missed four games three consecutive years. Rashad Penny, broken fibula, torn ACL. That's freak. Yeah. Dallas Goddard said when he got hurt, 300 pound guy falls on your shoulder the right way. Who, who what sports science is going to prevent that? Maybe yeah, the, prevent soft tissue stuff. Well, and the penny thing's interesting too. And I don't know where he factors into all this after watching Gainwell not play on Saturday night and then Gainwell get a majority of the touches the last couple of days, I would imagine Gainwell's not going to play tomorrow night now. Uh, so I don't know what that does for Penny. Um, but obviously he had come out and said he thought, you know, he was carrying too much weight in Seattle as well. And that could have been a problem yeah. uh, for him. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing, though, to go back to the full circle is is the, the, the team was ridiculously healthy last year. I mean, and that would be one thing you're looking at and saying, at what point does, uh, does that – start to catch up to you because the team has had a couple the, the Peterson year, the Andy Reid year that I referenced that was, and even to some extent, the Andy Reid year after they went to the Super Bowl. Now I know the T.O. thing was, was a part of that, but that team was losing guys left and right, people getting hurt constantly where you just have one of those years where you have high expectations and you're just like, what are we going to do? Everybody just keeps dropping like flies. You hope uh, that doesn't happen here because I think we're having a conversation about depth here, and I think we're seeing that the depth uh, could be an issue in some of these key spots. All right, Mike, I want to get your take. This is a crystal ball over the course of the entire year type question because uh, I went on a buddy show in Boston last night, a uh, sports gambling show uh, in in reference to the Eagles and what they're going to do both record-wise and, and stat compiling and like. And one of the ones I took a pretty strong stand on, and I thought about it afterwards, I said, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have gone there. Um, Jalen Hurts rushing yards. Last year he rushed for 760 yards. This year the over-under is 725. So it's less than what he did last year. But there's the conversation about, well, yeah, but now you can't afford to lose him because not only are you losing your quarterback, you got all that dead money on your salary cap sitting on the sidelines because Jalen got hurt running the football. They don't have Miles Sanders, who was the go-to back next year, but they've got all these different options. 
Nick Sirianni on the record said, why would I take away his superpower, which is in part him making plays with his legs? How much do you think Jalen Hurts is going to run over the course of the 17 games, Mike? I, I was thinking about this because I saw a lot of gambling um, over-under stuff for the receivers and, and Jalen as well. And I thought it was an interesting – you know, all the numbers for all these guys, A.J. Brown, the numbers for him, they're all predicting to be down. Devonta Smith, his numbers are all pretty much across the board predicted to be down as well. Um, but I think Hurts will probably be under the rushing number. I know they will say – um, why would you do it? And I don't disagree with him. I'm not saying that that's not going to happen, but I think as Jalen gets older, and I know he's a young man still. 25. Oh, a- man. He's so freaking <laughs> old at 25. My God. Well, he, you know he, what? Should he use a walker when he gets out there onto the field this year? He might have a walker in his brain because he is an old man, an old soul that uh, Jalen hurts. And I think he is smart enough to understand um, that he has enough weaponry around him and that he can use them. And then if he gets to a point in the season where, hey, I relied on these guys and they're not helping me out, I will have to take matters into my own hand. Uh, but I think event, I think that will probably mean that he will be a little bit more, I don't want to say cautious, but just understanding that he does have guys that can probably, you know, take the load off of him a little bit. So I would take the under on that number. What was it, 725? 725, and he rushed for 760 last year. And I said over, and then... So even if even if he's a little trepidatious, just a little bit, that's only 40 yards we're talking about that, that would be less. Yeah, yeah. I, I Those numbers to me are all about health. I mean, if you tell right. me if he's healthy. He if missed healthy, two games last year. Yeah, if he's healthy, I mean, he's going over. There's no question. Um, if he's missing two games, he's probably going under. If he's missing three, he's certainly going under. Um, but I don't think it's going to change much as far as how the Eagles play. And if anything, in training camp, they've been so successful with the quarterback draws, especially in the red zone. I don't think they're going away um, uh, until somebody proves they can stop it. And I don't know if people are going to be able to stop it. So I expect a similar playing style and the over under will come down to how many games does he miss? Um, If he doesn't miss a game and he finally plays all every single start, he's going over. I don't think there's any doubt. And by the way, everybody else is going to have big numbers. AJ's going to have big numbers. Devontae, Dallas Goddard. Um, It's a very good offense, very talented offense. Um, do do you think that do you think that I don't know that if they keep we're probably gonna keep four running backs I would imagine right somebody's gonna be the odd man out if three of them are active on game day are they all in the game plan because it doesn't seem that like last year you had Miles who was kind of the guy and then the other two just kind of rotated in well that's my problem that's my problem with Penny um it's like, in theory, you're right, Mike. So you have three. Swift and Gainwell are going to be involved, or Gainwell and Swift, whoever you want to say. They're going to be game plan four. They're going to be the main backs. Um, and then if you want Boston in there as the kick returner, why are you keeping Rashad Penny to be inactive? I, I don't know. 
could they are they going to keep four active? I guess you can let somebody else return kicks and make Boston Scout inactive because, as Jody correctly points out, I don't think kick returns are going to be nearly as important, and they weren't really that important to begin with. And now it's right. going to get worse. So, kind of depends. But if Rashad Penny's not going to be the twenty to twenty guy, and it's just the traffic guy, so to speak, I don't see why you keep him. Yeah, and that, well, you know, I I guess you envision Brooks Kennedy. No, Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon. Has Trey Sermon uh, wowed you so far? No, he hasn't made a job? play. I haven't seen the guy make a play in my life. That's but, uh, kind of my point. So uh, they seem that. Uh, would seen they the cut life. down to just three backs? That's the question. I think that's the actual big. No, question. well, uh, will they Boston, carry just three? I I mean on game day. On yeah, game, game day. day. What what I was kind of. Like if let's say you know Penny is on the game day roster, you know you would bitch at him as a guy who hey, you're not going to play much the first three quarters, but if we have a lead, you're the guy who we're going to hand the ball to to kind of run the clock out in the four minutes there, and that's basically you get seven eight carries, uh, run the clock out, you know you get six yards a pop. That's what your average yards per carry has been the last two seasons, and that's your role. Yeah. Then uh, yeah, hey, they could dress four running backs, but do you want to dress four running backs? I don't, I don't, I don't. Well, I now wouldn't. You, now you're cutting into special teams because other than yeah. Boston returning, who's playing specials out nobody. of that group? Nobody. Nobody. You can't afford nobody. nobody. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the problem. Um, so I don't know how you can dress four. Well, you can do anything you want, but you're going to be limiting yourself in another area. I think that's fair to say. Uh, Slay was in rare form, Mike. Uh, gave Reed Blankenship the milk check. Um, you know, Josh. <laughs> uh, you know, quarterbacks uh, say milk check, milk check. But Reed Blankenship is, he was one of the best players on the field. Uh, and there were a ton of good players on the field between the Eagles, one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, Cleveland has more talent than people realize, starting with Miles Garrett, who just destroyed them on day one, wasn't in team drills. That's part of the reason why the Eagles were so successful, by the way, because Miles wasn't out there. Um, but Cleveland has a lot of big stars as well. And Reed Blankenship was one of the best players on the field. I mean, the NFL just missed on this guy. They missed. Which is happens. I mean, they had a kid a couple of years ago uh, that was here. Uh, Poyer, they drafted in the seventh round, and they missed on him. He went to Buffalo, and the kid, voila, he could actually play, believe it or not. At least no, he this got happens. drafted, though. At least Jordan seventh round, yes. Yeah. Seventh yeah. round, yes. Um, hey, they need it. You know, last year we're in the same situation. You're saying, can Marcus Epps really be the, the, the best safety on your team? And the Eagles said, no, he can't. They went out and made a trade. Uh, we'll see if they see what you guys are saying, that Reed Blankenship can be the best safety on the team. As of right now, that's what they're telling us. Will, will that hold? Do you think that holds? That they'll go into the season saying, you know what? Blankenship has proven that he can lead this unit, and we're okay with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it holds. He's clearly, okay. he's clearly the best safety on this team. The question is, you know, no, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I'm saying, do they think he can be the no, best safety on a team? I okay, I know. 
Um, yeah, I don't think they're going out and getting another safety. I don't. Yeah, no, they okay. won't. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike, I got a prediction question for you. I already asked you one. I'm going to ask you another. How many sacks will Jalen Carter get off the edge this year? They dropped him outside a couple of times the last few days, which I didn't see coming, to be truthful with you. There's always the possibility of the stunt. Eagles stunt enough. I wouldn't say they stunt a lot, but they don't never do it. Some teams just stay in your lane and get to the quarterback. The Eagles will play games up front a little bit. How off, How many times will Jalen Carter off the edge get the quarterback with sacks this year? Oh, man. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know that um, – I, I would say Carter, I would have around the nine sack rings. Nine. Wow. Not off the that's edge. Not off the edge. Yeah. Not off the edge. Um, nine not total. off the edge. Exactly. Understood. Right. Nine total. Uh, I just think he's going to be a menace up the middle. I, I've kind of oh. contended from for a while. That, I, I mean, he, he's going to he's going to be one of those guys that this league is saying two to three years from now. Uh, they got Warren Sapp in the in the ninth pick there. What are you doing, people? Like you know, they just absolutely got a guy to blow up teams. He's unbelievable. He is unbelievable yeah. from a physical standpoint. He just blew up and, Joel Matonio yesterday, who's an All Pro guard. Well, it's the speed. The the speed and explosion he has. And the first play, I know you like this. The first play, like it, he just whipped that guy. I mean, and that's just so. And sometimes, you know, we don't know what the mindset is or where these guys are. But if you have six steps on your first play and you have the talent, you're telling yourself, "I did it, all right." And then that kind of springboards the rest of your possible. Now, if you you struggle early on, it could take you a while to get the mindset of. I belong here. I think Carter showed himself from the first second he was on that field. So he probably gets two to three from the outside. But I think Jody, and I liked what they did with Jordan Davis too. It looked like they were um, not just exclusively um, playing him, uh, you know, as a five man. He, he was out there in a lot of those nickel fronts. Um, and I think that, that they're going to use him in different ways than John Gannon did as well last year, which would push Carter probably to the outside to get a couple of those. But I think he's going to do most of his damage just whipping those guards on the inside. All right, I'm going to be Mr. Negative here uh, because this front is unbelievable talent-wise. Uh, at Mike Gill's show, last one for me, Mike, 97.3 ESPN South Jersey, the Sports Bash. Um, they have so many – like, I get what you're saying – with Jordan Davis, he can do more than play in those 50 fronts. But if Jordan's on the field, then Fletcher Cox isn't or jo- or Jalen Carter isn't. If Derek Barnett's on the field, Josh Sweat isn't. Uh, if Nolan Smith's on the field, maybe Hassan Reddick isn't. They have so much talent, but I want Reddick. I want Sweat. I want Carter. I want Cox on the field in big pass rushing situations. That's my nickel front. You can do all this hinky stuff. Uh, you want to put the best players in the best positions to succeed. Uh, it's great to have that if injuries pop up, but I don't want to mess with Jordan Davis as a pass rusher. When I have maybe 
the most unique interior pass rusher to come in this league since Aaron Donald. He might not be ready. I mean, all that kind of stuff. The Georgia guys tend to need some conditioning work. I've mentioned that before. Um, that might be the case because they don't play a lot down there because they're so deep. Um, it, it might take him a while to get where he goes, but you get my point. Reddick is yeah, yeah. a better example. Hassan Reddick needs to be on the field in big pass rushing situations. I don't care yeah. that you have depth. He needs to be on the field. Uh, and I would imagine that you wouldn't see Hassan Reddick off the field there. I, I would imagine that the times you would use Jordan Davis in those situations, and, and just watching a little bit of what you saw Saturday night, is they seem to be a little bit more physical up front. Uh, it looked like um, they had a little bit more press in their corners there. So you might utilize, I don't know if they're going to blitz as much, but the potential of, hey, Jordan Davis out there that he just takes up so much space from the, the lineman that we can try to blitz around him and utilize him as almost, I don't want to say a decoy, but as a space guy. No, who that's what he is. Yeah, right. Who gets some lanes? You know, I don't know what they're going to do with these linebackers, man. That linebacking Thursday night, uh, uh, they usually play Thursday, Saturday night, uh, was a tough read. I don't know what you took from the, that linebacker room on. On, uh, on Saturday night, but uh, I don't know that they have a guy there that you're like, this guy's going to be a playmaker. I, I think that Kobe Dean could be that guy, but we didn't get a chance to see him. No, uh, no. Hopefully, it, well, well, well it, this is a question for John, but Mike, you can hang with us for a second and comment. Is Kobe going to play Thursday night? Or is he getting deference? Or I, I think he kind of needs to be out there. I know you don't want to risk him. I know the overall philosophy is it doesn't matter. You got to protect. He also kind of needs to play, doesn't he? I know I'm getting back in Gannon's case. And uh, what's the linebacker coach uh, that I'm forgetting? Nick Rollis. Rollis, who never put him out there. Shame on him. Um, I think Nicole <laughs> needs to play, doesn't he, on Thursday night, John? I don't think anybody's playing. <laughs> well, no, I would imagine nobody's playing, considering they just played two days here. Um, that's a lot of reps, though, that you're going to ask a guy three days in a row to go out and play live reps. By the way, in what other town does the departed linebacker coach get a shot taken at him? Sorry, Nick Rollins, you get what you deserve. Suck it up. I think Nick Rollins is out in Arizona right now thinking – Oh, they're talking about me in Philadelphia on a Wednesday yeah, morning. What they, the heck they, did they, I do? He's the, he's the, he's the defensive <laughs> coordinator in Arizona. They probably, exactly. they probably don't even know who he is at this point. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the uh, way, Kaiser White's going to play 101% of the snaps this year in Arizona. He's never coming off the field. If Nick Rollins he's a, his way, he's never coming off the field. Mark that. He's thing. a fine. He's a fine WVU grad. That Kaiser White, and he will anchor. He will anchor that defense. Hey, I, I think the Kobe Dean. Um, it's a two-headed sword, Jody. I think I agree that it would be nice to see him, but I think we're in a world now where they see enough doing these things here and behind the scenes, and they don't want to get him hurt because. Man. I think they have a lot of questions. Zach Cunningham, I would imagine, is um, ahead of Miles. Jack and right. Morrow might Jack's be ahead of plays, baby. Zach Cunningham, right? And and Morrow may still be holding off both of them at this point. We'll see. Uh, Mike, I didn't get much from that position Thursday night. I'll tell you that I didn't get much from that Thursday night. That that was my, I thought, my night, and I'm telling you, not getting anything on Thursday neither because yeah. they're all going to sit because you don't want to get them hurt. I thought Morrow played well, to be fair, in, in Baltimore. But 
what does it mean? You know, it doesn't mean much. Shaq Cunningham played well in the joint practices. He's he's very long. Um, yeah. He got his hand on the football twice that ended up with blanket chip interceptions. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that gets noticed. Uh, um, so I think he might be making some ground. And even Syracuse. though he's wearing his Syracuse T-shirt, Mike Gill. Number five will always love you guys. Number five will always love you, Syracuse. Gill still a WVU uh, homer getting the uh, oh, yeah. love out there for Kaiser White. Uh, Mike, have a good week, brother. You know, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, pal. All right, everybody. See ya. Mike Gill here with us on uh, Birds 365, doing it via his phone because his computer went down. And I was going to ask him, but uh, I wanted to get as much football. What the hell was thankful over his shoulder? Did you was that part of his phone feed or was that? No, that was uh, that was hanging up. That's, you know, that's the girlfriend, you know. Mike's girlfriend probably set that up. You know, okay. I got stuff up in my house. I have no idea why it's it up. It says already. thankful. You've got thankful written no, on a wall in your house. I don't so. have thankful. That was a little thankful hanging sign. Um, my point is my wife puts up stuff that I don't know why it's up, but it's and up. If John showed us we weren't seeing the ocean's background, you'd see get off the couch. That's what it says in McMullen's yeah, house. Right. That's what it his wife yeah. puts up. Uh, he's Actually, uh, yeah, my, my wife wants me off the couch until I'm off the couch. Then she wants me back because when I'm out, she wants me out of the house until I leave the house. Then she wants me back immediately. Yeah, go figure that one out. He's yeah. McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Birds 365. Come back. I will tell John McMullen why. Last night, yours truly screamed, Eagles, at my TV. There was a very specific reason why I screamed Eagles at wow. my TV. I'll explain when we come back here on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. 
So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. Uh, Hunter Brody going to join us coming up in less than uh, 15 minutes from now. We thank Mike Gill for jumping in. Thankful. See, we're thankful. I, I read that on Mike thankful. Gill's wall. Uh, yes. So I'm thankful that he was on with us. Um, uh, I teased before we went to break why I was screaming at my TV last night. I didn't go E A G L E S Eagles, but I did scream Eagles at the TV. Um, after the Phillies, Sir Anthony Dominguez plunked the guy in the foot or the lower leg with a pitch with the bases loaded to force in the go-ahead run, which turned into the winning run in the eighth inning last night. The Phillies lost to the Blue Jays. Uh, flipped my TV over to HBO because last night was episode two of Hard Knocks, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I did spell that out. Breezed up on me, Sandra. Uh, is that just me? There we go. Jody, you're going, you froze you're up going in, second. you're going in and out, Johnny Mac. But uh, uh, I see to me, you were freezing. So oh, really? I guess I was okay. freezing. Uh, uh, no, but no. go ahead. Hard knocks. Either way, I was it. talking about uh, tuning into hard knocks uh, for episode two of the Jets uh, spot on hard knocks. And they open up the show with the Jets in their uh, hall. The Eagles have a similar one over at the Wells Fargo where you guys get to go in and see Sirianni. And they have big meetings for the players. It's actually pretty nice in the Jets complex up there in North Jersey. Um, and Salah's out in front and he says, let me introduce you to, um, what the hell is the guy's name? I got it written down here. I've seen him before, but uh, I, I forgot his name. Have you seen Oz Perlman? Um, not to my knowledge. See, you wouldn't because you're always at the stadium. Um, they've had him on ESPN's pregame show prior to. He's a mentalist. He's like a mental magician. He predicts numbers and what people are going to say and then reveals. And the guy is amazing. It's, it's like he is a stone cold numbers magician. 
And like I said, I've seen him on ESPN before, but the Jets, I guess, invited him out to put on his show and to pump up their players and the like. Uh, so Salah introduces me, stands up for, hey, Jets, how are you? Uh, where's Michael Carter? Michael Carter. Uh, Michael Carter, the running back, not Michael Carter, the, the DB. And said, Michael Carter, come down here with me. So he says, Michael, you know, in the NFL this year, they have new rules. You don't have to wear a number in a group. You can wear any number you want. Look me in the eye, look me in the eye. I want you to turn around. Uh, you're going to change your number 32 to whatever number you want. Tell me what number you get to. So Carter turns around, so he takes out a whiteboard, and he writes down the number 10 on it. And Carter is facing away from all of his teammates who are sitting in the auditorium. So this guy goes, and Michael, they're going to introduce you now for the New York Jets. Here's Michael Carter. What number are you wearing? And he says 10. And either it's a setup or this guy's a man. How the frig could he know? And he did a count up to him. He goes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Maybe plants the seed by stopping at nine that he's going to say, I got no idea, but he says 10 and the place goes nuts. Bonkers. All the guys start screaming. Carter runs away. Can't believe he got it right. So then he calls Nicole Hardman down and he says, uh, putting a team together is like putting a puzzle together. So he takes out a New York Jets puzzle and he just dumps it on the table and says, I want you to like just divide it right in half. So he puts his hand right in the middle and says, get rid of that half. Now spread out the rest of the... He says, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just put your hands on the table and pick up two pieces of the puzzle. So he picks up two pieces. He says, I want you to grasp one of the two in your hand. Pick one and grasp it. And the other one, I want you to throw a Hail Mary into the, the stands. So he does. He throws one or two away. So he's got one puzzle piece left in his hand. He said, now I want you to take a look at this puzzle over here. And he's got like a drop cloth over a thing. And he picks it up and there's a puzzle and there's one piece. One, one piece, yeah. yeah. And the uh, Cartman goes over and puts the piece in. And damn it, if it isn't the one piece that's missing from the puzzle, the one that he picked off the table. It was just unbelievable. So then he, uh, after he does this, he says, and Nicole, we know, we know that the New York Jets are going to the Super Bowl this year. And I'm assuming you believe the New York Jets are going to win. I need you to tell me who the New York Jets are going to be playing in the Super Bowl and the score of that game. No sooner did he say it that I started screaming, Eagles! 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 Well, that's because she got that futures bet down. I got the Jets and Eagles playing in the Super Bowl, and I'm going, he's going to do it right here, right now on HBO. He's going to tell me it's the Jets and the Eagles. And McCall Hardman said 49ers. Oh, I was was just bummed out. You know, I'm a Brock Purdy fan, but I got no money on the Jets and the 49ers playing in the Super Bowl this year. I only got Jets and Eagles. So I was like ticked off. But he said, and what's the score going to be? 31-21 Jets. He turns it around. 49ers against the Eagles. 31-21 Jets. How this guy does this stuff, I have no bloody idea. A, either it's the greatest setup ever and it never leaks out. You would think at some point somebody would get ticked off. These players don't. You know, uh, if they're if they're brought into the fold and here's what we need you to say here, you know somebody would leak with social media what it is today. This is such a fraud. This is BS. Don't buy this crap. Nobody ever uh, racks this guy out. So I got to believe that he's real. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I'm sure if you looked it up, uh, somebody's ruining it. I think people just want to uh, 
enjoyed the show. Like David Blaine, Chris Angel, you know, those guys do some amazing stuff. They got people levitating on the street. I don't know how to freak that happens, but I know it's not real, but I, I don't know how they do it. Um, but And it's enjoyable, so why ruin it? You don't but believe maybe, in magic, Johnny Mac. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, it's a, That's why they're called illusionists, uh, because it's an illusion. I don't. It's a tremendous illusion. I don't know how they do some of the stuff they do, but uh, yeah, maybe it's the one thing in life where people don't have to be a dick about and look up what the how <laughs> they do it. it. Given a chance, yeah. aren't most people dicks? Yeah. Oh yeah. To be a oh, dick, yeah. don't most people act like? Oh dicks? yeah. Oh no question. And about I've it, never seen uh, anything where anybody has ratted this guy out and said yeah. it's all a fraud, it's all a fake, it's all pre. But what I'm saying is, if, if if you go on Google after the show, you will find somebody who who explains how he does it. Uh, all right, uh, but I don't want to know. I'm one well, of those. I people. do, so I'm going to do take your advice and Google it because yeah. I've never seen it before, and I think I'm, I would. Uh, have, but uh, yeah, you might be I, right. That now, I, anytime you know, it's like. There were some uh, uh, WWE guys uh, at at practice yesterday. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, I, Grayson I, Waller effect in South Philadelphia. Grayson Waller was there for those who like Johnny Gargano, big Browns fan by the way. He's from Cleveland, uh, so he was in. What's the Miz he, there? He's a big uh, Browns the Miz fan was, too. The Miz was not there, but uh, pre-sale for WrestleMania begins today in Philadelphia. That's why they were. Uh, there, Cody Rhodes is going to be there today somewhere uh, around Philadelphia. But uh, anyway, um, so I'm talking to Grayson Waller, nice guy by the way, um, and Johnny Gargano, a tremendous guy as well. Um, and they're asking me, "Well, you're an Eagles fan. You're an Eagles fan." I'm like, "No, I cover the team. It's a, it's always amazing to me." So when you were saying why you screamed out Eagles. I was thinking, I don't know. When I think Eagles, I think either Glenn Fry, Don Henley, and Joe Walsh, or, you know, Noah the Eagle, the actual Eagle, or Reggie the Dog. Those are my favorite Eagles. The team dog, Reggie the Dog. Or or Glenn Fry, Don Henley, uh, Joe Walsh. Those are my favorite Eagles for anybody who has. I was verbally rooting for the Eagles last night. If this guy Oz can do what he can do, he can make it happen. He could have made it happen, Jets and Eagles. I guess the guy should be ticked off is is McCall Hartman because he he made the call on San Francisco. Uh, I I might have to go visit my just the saver wager. Jets 49ers, I might have to put it. I, I'd love to know. I didn't check it. I should have checked it last night to see what the price was. Maybe it went down, and I'm losing value by not getting yeah. in on that wager. I might What's have. his name, by the way? Uh, Oz Perlman. Oz Perlman. Mentalist. Right, I'm gonna find out. I'm going to find out. Uh, and, uh, you, can, you can be Googling here during the upcoming break and see if anyone <laughs> has ever said, Oz is crap. It's all set up. It's all... Pre- Oz, Oz isn't, uh, he's not an illusionist, though. He's a mentalist. He's a mentalist, yeah. yes. Mentalist, yeah. He's a mental magician. And yeah. it was damn impressive last night. And I so needed him. I needed Nicole Hardman to say Eagles, Jets in the Super Bowl this year. Which, by the way, was another good episode. Uh, it's, again, more about Aaron Rodgers and anything else. And he didn't even play in the game. They went down to joint practices with Carolina. Got the better of Carolina day one. Got rained out day two and then beat them. 
27 to nothing in the preseason yeah. game on, on well, Saturday? Well, right off the board, I just looked right away, Jody. He's already got an instructional DVD that teaches the techniques of, of the magic. So he's teaching the techniques. So, you know, there's a if, trick. If, if the techniques aren't cheating, then that's magic. Um, he's teaching you magic. Yeah. Well, he is teaching you how to do magic. There you go. Not, and... It does not mean Harry Potter is real. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a there, there's a technique to it. Is the point? Uh, well, his technique was phenomenal yeah. last night, and I will be looking up what the odds are for the 49ers. Sorry, Eagle fans, against the Jets. I may have to play that. All right. Uh, coming up next, we got our buddy. Broads joining the house. Hunter Brody's going to jump in with us for the final 40 here on Birds 365. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Eagles 
You got the Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We are joined by, in throwback Kelly Green hat, on a bro. Oh. Here with us on uh, Birds 365. What, was that deep in the closet? And did you bring it back out, or is that a normal rotation hat that you wear, Brody? How often do you put that lid on? No, this is normal rotation for sure. I did pick up the Kelly Green Hertz jersey, though. I'm not a big jersey guy at all. But I looked at it, and I'm like, damn, those pictures sold me. So I did snag one of those puppies. All right. They picked yep. your pocket. Well yep. done. Philadelphia. Well done, Don Smolensky. Right. We'll give him a shout-out. Uh, uh, yeah, they're doing well with the merchandising. Um, I'm surprised it took this long for the Eagles, uh, the way everybody has reacted. But uh, big day at practice yesterday, Hunter Brody. Yes. Um, Eagles restored order after, you know, a little bit of a eh, lackadaisical day, I would call it. Uh, uh, really had difficulty with Miles Garrett. Um, joint practices. You like them, dislike them. We're not going to see anybody on Thursday night. What's your thought process on that? Don's still charging people. He's really picking people's pockets on Thursday night, by the way. I said that, okay, because last year went how it went, I'm going to shut up. All right, I can't complain. I'm using last year as like, okay, if you succeed with me getting zero information all preseason and there's nothing to bite into, but you are magnificent and they went to the Super Bowl and had a lead and a half and all that good stuff, then I'm going to put my hands up the following year. So right now, I got to live up to what I said I would do and shut the hell up because last year they were healthy as hell. And they made it super deep. So who am I to bitch and complain right now if, if nobody's playing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I fair. do like to join practices. I just wish I could see them more. I'm scrolling on Twitter, hitting the refresh button, waiting to see some clips and all. But it was cool to see them bounce back and, you know, have a big day. Reed Blankenship's taking over, intercepting everybody and all. So it's cool. Jalen Carter's having a, another great day after what he did in the first preseason game. And Josh Sweat, I, I like this. I like to see all the clips, but I, I want to see it on TV. If they were capable of doing what they did to the Browns yesterday, and yet day one wasn't nearly the same, shoot wasn't even good enough to be able to call it a win, uh, are you more excited by the fact that, hey, when they want to turn up the volume, they just can and be that good a team? Or do you look at it as, well, why the hell didn't you do that day one? If you prove that you're a better team than they are, and the Browns are not a bad team by any stretch of the imagination, I just don't think they're as good as the Eagles. Uh, which one Which one hit home with you more? So much better day two, or why did they have a lesser effort day one against the Browns? Better day two. I'm going to take the positives here. And, you know, you are kind of in the thick of it in training camp, and you are the Eagles. So, you know, you do have to match that intensity. Everyone is going to come in and take a haymaker at you. But in the, in the middle of the dog days of training camp, I'm sure the Browns want to make a statement and prove some stuff. And then they answered the bell on day one. I think it's awesome to see how they responded with Nick Sirianni getting in their grill and making sure that he knows the, to make the message clear. This is totally unacceptable. And they responded and flipped the switch like that. I look at the positives more than the negatives, for sure. You, you know, before you jumped on, uh, Hunter, Jody was talking about noted uh, mentalist. What's his name? Uh, Oz Perlman. Oz Perlman. Uh, the mentalist. Uh, Did you see the guy? Let me just ask him, John. Did you see him last year on ESPN on any of their pregame shows? I don't think so, no. 
he he comes out and he works with uh, Randy Moss. Did it last year. Pick a number, a number two hundred forty-seven. Boom, and he just turns over a card and he's got the exact one. Yeah. It's, it's one it's of those guys. Mental yeah. magicianry. Yeah. Now yeah. here's I I bring it up for this reason. Um, the Eagles don't do anything, as you pointed, Hunter. They don't practice a lot. Um, they they don't play their players in the preseason for the most part. They're significant key players. Um, tons of walkthroughs, and they show up. And the Browns are complaining about their physicality. Yeah. You know, Sidney Brown's beating people up. Derek Barnett's taking swings at people, of course. Uh, uh, they're complaining about Kayvon Wallace being too physical. Uh, uh, Joe Batonio saying, oh, Josh, what, you can't knock the ball out of Deshaun Watson's hand. How do they do it? Do they have Oz Perlman? Is Nick Sirianni Oz Perlman? How do they be physical <laughs> When they don't do anything physical. Uh, listen, that's a great question. I think it's just all part of the DNA, though. You started off by speaking about two players who this is in their blood. Derek Barnett's been doing this since he entered the league, and we know Sidney Brown is going to be a pest and piss a lot of people off. So I don't want to discredit someone like uh, Nick Sirianni here, but I think it's really about some of the ones that you mentioned. And Kayvon Wallace has had some nice stuff happen there, and I don't know what he is, but in the first preseason game, he made some nice plays, so maybe he knows he needs to rise to that level to kind of stick his head out there and get on notice. But ultimately, I think it's on the guys that you mentioned. That's their playing style. So regardless on who the coach is, these guys are going to play that way. I don't know if they know any other way, right? Uh, well, Derek Barnett needs to peel it back a little bit. Sidney <laughs> Brown, I'm fascinated because he does play with his hair on fire, but can he control it a little more? Is he going to irritate us? I don't know because Barnett pisses us off at times. You got to be able to keep that within and not overstep the border. But – um. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's crazy because they're not used to hitting it all throughout camp. I'm talking about the Browns' perspective. And then you go into a, a, a battle with another team, and here's Sidney Brown with a big pop. Uh, I'd probably be pissed off and have that reaction too. But good for Sidney Brown for, for doing that because that's his, that's his game. Hunter, as the Shakespearean expert you are, yes. I'm going to borrow a quote from the Bard of Avon. Uh, and readjust it a little bit. Not oh, we're getting to be, yeah, to be like or that. not to be. That is the question. To play or not to play. That is the question. Derek Barnett tomorrow night. Does he play? Doesn't he play? And what do you read into it either way? Mm. <clears throat> Man, he's a tough one to to figure out because. Are they going to expect him to have a bigger role than maybe I would want him to have? You know, I feel like he's like that last rotational piece in there when you look at the new additions and what Nolan Smith could be. But they have this tie to him. He was a first-round pick, and he always constantly somehow is here. I can't believe we're actually still talking about him. If he wasn't to play, would that surprise me? I never even thought about this, and I'm kind of walking this through as we, right, as we yeah. talk well, now. Feel free. Take your time. Um, we got nothing but I... time here on Birds 365. <laughs> if he didn't play, that wouldn't surprise me because I think they are attached to Derek Barnett at the hip. If he was to play, I think it tells you that he's at the back end of that rotation that they're going to constantly throw in there, which would make sense too. So I think you can sell me on either one, and I have no opinion. So I yeah. suck as All a guest. Right. Then let me share my <laughs> let me share my opinion with you. Okay. He plays for a very specific reason. Showcase. 
They uh-huh. want him to go out and make a play, uh, strip sack a guy, get it on film. And when they put the call into the Carolina Panthers, hey, you know, you could use a guy like that, Brian. We'll take a, a sixth to become a fifth. If he makes it there, he gets 10 sacks. Oh, yeah, he's going to play because they're looking to try and trade him for whatever they can get their hands on a day three conditional pick. Okay. Hey, sign me up for that. I would be okay with that. At this point, we know what he is. There's going to be 75,000 flags thrown at some point throughout the season for whatever team he laces them up for. So whatever, if that's what they do, so be it. That would be right. good. So that's, 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 that's the downside of showcasing. He can jump off sides twice and get an uh, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty too, rather right. than that strip sack that you're looking for. And then guess what? Yeah, yeah no but look, look. taking Howie Roseman's calls on you're a Derek right. Barnett trade. But if that happens, whatever, right? It's not like you lose anything. Well, yeah, but if you do want to trade him, you have to showcase him. Here's what Jody might be right. They might showcase him. But I I wouldn't, for the people that want to get rid of him, uh, Jody would be, and I don't know if he'd be first in that line, but he'd certainly be among the the, uh, first people on that line. I wouldn't get too excited because – I think they have to play him. They have to play somebody. Reddick ain't playing. He's hurt. You're not going to see him till Foxborough. Trust me. Um, uh, Sweat's not playing. BG's not playing. Somebody's got to play. And so it it might be a showcase, but it, 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 he's going to play. So I wouldn't be overly excited for the group that wants him out of town is what oh, I'm saying. Here's a to question. Say. If you're another team and you're looking at Derek Barnett to maybe bolster up your defensive line, right? Don't you know what he is? Is is a preseason game going to change who he is at this Well, remember though, Hunter's coming off a torn ACL. So you got to prove he's healthy, he's ready to go and all that stuff as well. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. So that factors into it. A lot of things factor into it. But yeah, they have so much depth on the defensive front. And yeah. uh that's not the case at linebacker. So we'll go the sort of domino effect. Zach Cunningham, you know, we're we're all talking about Reed Blankenship, Reed Blankenship intercepted Deshaun Watson three times in two days. Two of those times were on tip deflected balls by Zach Cunningham. That's gonna show up. I think, you know, if we're if we're placing betting odds on the starter at linebacker opposite Nicobe Dean. So you got Nick Morrow, you got Zach Cunningham, you got Miles Jack, you got Christian Ellis. Break it down percentage-wise. Go mentalist on me. You got four guys. Yeah. He, so that's uh, 25% each. <laughs> what are you going? What are you going, Hunter? I, see, I don't know. I don't know how to read into the bringing in the two linebacker thing. And I know Nakobe Dean was nursing a little bit of an injury there and all. I, 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 I'm not sold, and I love. I think Nakobe Dean's going to get every opportunity in the world. But does it raise eyebrows that they went in and got Cunningham and Miles Jack? Does that say anything about Nakobe Dean to you? Before I answer that question, <clears> or am I reading way too much into it? I don't and think it says. Fan, he's a fan favorite. People love. Him. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm with you. I think people uh, give them too much deference and say, "Oh, he's a he's." There's no worries here, and then the worries are all here. I think there's some worries, but I don't think Cunningham and Jack have anything to do with Dean. Um, so I'm sort of in the middle there. 
So I okay. guess I'm a bad host. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, way too many people have said, oh, don't worry about Nicobe. What do you mean, don't worry about Nicobe? He's tiny. He's played 34 snaps. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about Nicobe. That's fair. But yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's going to be some sort of rotation in there. I think they'd like Ellis, so he'll he will get some chances in there. Miles Jack, you can sell everyone some of this story, right? Like Miles Jack, he has a lot of career starts, so he's been around the game. He is polished in that area. He's a veteran. There's something yeah. to that. And Cunningham, he's getting deflection. So I, I think the Kobe Dean's going to be that number one. And then from there, it's a rotation until someone takes it and snags it and runs with it. I think they bring different things to the table, but if Cunningham's showing up and making plays in camp, maybe that gives him the advantage. I you would see more than me, though, at camp. I can't see some yeah. of these practices and whatnot. Yeah. But if Cunningham's making plays and it's leading to turning the ball over, what do they praise nonstop? Explosive plays and then win the turnover battle. So if you see someone out there who's constantly getting his hands and his fingertips on things, and now you're giving Reed Blankenship an opportunity to have a pick, well, then I would think, just in theory, that is, of course, very basic in theory, that that would give him an advantage to maybe move up and, and get that chance to, to make a spark. And I'll give my guy Elliot to a park from WIP credit. He said this last week when I was in the car driving around, and I hadn't even thought of it the way that Elliot laid it out, but it was on point. The Kobe Dean, including last year in practices, into this year in practices, just doesn't get noticed. He doesn't make any splash plays. He doesn't come up with an entry. He doesn't separate anybody from the ball for a little time that they do have contact. But he also never gets burnt. You don't see him getting taken apart by a wide receiver, getting caught in coverage on a wide out or missing a tackle or a guy running. He just is there. He doesn't look great, but he doesn't look bad. And he's just kind of the middle linebacker. Don't you need to see a little pop from him before season gets underway? If he's going to be your guy and he's going to play 98, 99% of the snaps, don't you want to give him a chance to like really make a play and uh, grab some attention and maybe some confidence for himself? That's why I'm asking, will Nicobe Dean play tomorrow? Because he needs, I think he needs that little mental boost. Is that fair, John? You're there every day. I agree with Elliot's uh, uh, description. He, yeah, he's he's sort of like uh, not noticeable. So that could be uh, a good thing because you're not making a lot of mistakes, right. obvious mistakes, or it could be a bad thing. People criticize T.J. Edwards because he didn't make enough splash plays. I would say, you know, this defense isn't really designed for the linebackers to make the splash plays. It's It's more about the the safeties in the corners and reading coverage and making those plays. The linebackers are there. You know, Jordan Davis is there to tie up blockers and the linebackers are there to make the tackles. Hopefully three yards down the field, not seven yards down the field. Mm -hmm. That's not sexy. So, you know, for people that want Derek Brooks, they don't play that defense. Not in this defense. No. So yeah. I, I, it's kind of like, I think, I, I think people's expectations are out of whack when they when they talk about a scheme and they're all you know we we always go back to Gannon. They're playing the same damn scheme. All right, get your hatred out for Jonathan Gannon. They're playing the same damn scheme, so they're going to play the same way. They're going to have different players, five new starters, but they're playing the same way, and 
that Kobe's supposed to play like TJ played. Yeah, my thought on it would be it's very – I would think it's difficult in that position, especially throughout camp where you're not able to pop and not able to hit. Not that he's going to just lay everybody out like a Sidney Brown seems to have that mentality. But I think it would be hard in camp to be that position and not be able to play it <laughs> to the full extent. You know, you kind of have one foot in, one foot yeah. out. Well, like yeah. Yeah, you say Can't you make tackles. If that's your job, but you're not really bringing anyone to the ground and it's very loose style of practice and all – can you make that level of impact in a practice to wow anybody? Like, are you in a position to even do that throughout camp? Unless you're nah. in a game, to Jody's point, and maybe that's his that's chance. What, that's why I kind of want to see him yeah. on Thursday. Because there I, are no rules. There are no, oh, he's the quarterback. Don't touch him. Who the hell cares? He's the Cleveland Brown quarterback. Go ahead and light him up. Uh, no. No, you don't want to do that, Jody. You'll never, you'll never get another joint practice. Oh, oh, that would be ugly. That would. No, be, I'm talking about would... in the game tomorrow night. Oh, oh, in the game. Yeah. I understand. Uh, I thought you were talking about practice. practice. I thought you were talking about practice. No, 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 no. I'm ta- that's um, why I'm saying I want to see Nicobe tomorrow night. Um, yeah, I would have no problem with it. I just don't think they'll risk injury. Um, they, you know, because. They have issues. I mean, if Nicobe goes down, I mean, well, we saw it for four days. It's like, what are you doing? It's Nick Morrow and Christian Ellis. If there's no Nicobe Dean, that's why he's sort of overvalued in my estimation, because what's after him is a potential disaster area. I think they like Ellis for some reason. I feel like they like Ellis more than the fans like Ellis. Um, I think they like him. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get the sense the pants that's like Christian Ellis because they haven't seen him that much. True. And he's you know, he stood some... out to me a little bit in that preseason game with some pop. How about jo- how about Evans? Throw it around the body a little bit. No? Justin Evans? Yeah, he got a couple pops in there. I thought the shoulder pads. With a little, well, he got, he, little he boom. got he's getting more first team reps. They're giving everybody. They're giving Hunter Brody first team reps. Opposite, <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, that might play in the slot. They're dropping yeah. Derek Barnett in coverage. You got Bradbury in the slot. You name it. Yeah. They're throwing it around town. Well, people, I, I wrote that. Sean Desai is throwing everything at the wall. Everything. And, you know, there are a lot of people excited because they think he's going to do this in a real game. You better hope and pray he doesn't do this in a real game because – you don't want James Bradbury in the slot. You don't want Derek Barnett dropping in coverage as a linebacker no. too often. Now, every once in a while, if you have a curveball, great. You know, you fool the quarterback and something good can happen. But the last thing you want is consistent. Jalen Carter playing outside. Again, all this sounds great. Why is Jalen Carter, who has tremendous, unbelievable skill as an interior rusher, but he's not better. He's not a better edge rusher than Hassan Reddick or Josh Sweat or Brandon Graham or Nolan Smith. I don't understand this process. Let's move this guy here. Let's move this guy. He can't do this. So let's move him here. Why does that make sense to people? It's, it, it's interesting because I remember last year, or maybe it was the year before. Gannon was here, what, two years? Is that total? Yeah, two years. Two years? Can't even remember. By the way, two top ten defenses, but go on. 
Can't stand yeah. looking at his face. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. When Fletcher Cox was angry about what position he was playing, the four-eye and all that stuff. Remember, that was a whole debate on how he was being used. It's funny because now it seems like, hey, Sean Desai is willing to do all this stuff. And I'm saying this as a Gannon hater. If Gannon was to do that, what do you think the stories would be today? What is oh. Gannon doing thinking that you can move Carter to the edge and this and that? Like He did that with Fletcher Cox, and we lost our mind when he started moving Fletcher Cox in positions that he didn't yeah. normally play. By the way, Fletcher, the uh, well, great. Uh, Fletcher was so happy to see Jim Swartz. It was it was tremendous. Now listen, I, I'm a Schwartzman, man. I'll tell you what, seeing those pictures yeah. of him in, that brown un- in the brown logo and all it hurt, the things I do to have the Schwarzenegger back. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm a big Jim Schwartz guy. The Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay. Come on. Yeah, John, Jody knows. You, I love you and people. John are bigger Schwartz fans. Yeah. I'm not a Schwartz hater because they're Schwartz haters, much like Gannon haters here in town. I yeah. was a hater of neither, Schwartz but I wasn't as big a Schwartz fan as as Johnny. Schwartz I'm a bigger. I'm, I'm, well, Jody knows. I'm a I'm a big Jim Schwartz guy, but you know, which is funny because I get accused of being a big Jonathan Gannon guy. I'm way, I'm a way bigger Jim Swartz guy than Jonathan. But you know, I As guess people, people hang on what they hang on to. Yep. Yeah. All right, uh, Jalen Hurts. I asked this of Mike Gill earlier, so I'm going to put it to you, Hunter, as well, because okay. I was on a show in Boston last night and a wagering show, and they asked me about a couple eagle props for the upcoming season, and I, I answered honestly, and I after the show started to doubt myself, which is not good. Um, I said one of the things I would look at playing with the Eagles this year is Jalen Hurts rushing total because it's down like at minimum 45 yards from what Jalen rushed for last year. Uh, So they're expecting him to run for less yards. Uh, Both John and I have said on the show, we believe Nick Sirianni when he says, why would I take away his superpowers? I don't care. We gave him a... 40 million, 50 million a year. We need to win football games. If Jalen Hurts running the football is going to help us win football games, we're going to let Jalen Hurts run the football. And I believe the coach at that. They don't have a bell cow back like they did last year with Miles Sanders. I actually think he's going to rush for more yards this year than he did last year. Now, he missed two games last year, assuming he misses one or two games this year. If he misses four or five, well, then it's going to be the under. We all know that. But if it's about the same health-wise, you think he's going to rush for more or less the same? What do you think the Jalen Hurts rushing total is going to look like this year? I would say maybe in around the same, but you could definitely say more. I don't think it's outrageous because one of the things that he needs to – I don't want to use the word improve because it's, sometimes it's out of your – uh, out of your control, but the last couple of years, he was not able to play the full season. And it's not easy to do and anything can happen, especially when you are a mobile quarterback, you know, you are risking it a little bit differently than let's just say the traditional pocket passer. But I do think that it's probably on his mind to make it towards the end, especially with how it happened last year. You're in a position where you can put your feet up and relax, but here's Gardner Minshew, and now you're forced to play the last game of the year. I wonder if there's something in his head. It's like, okay, part of my goals, my individual goals, is I want to make it more games, and that would then lead to having more of those rushing yards. So I think it's fair to say that he can have the over, and I also wonder, too, if you're a defense, once again, (laughs) very broad, in-theory kind of concept, but you know, if the alternative is, like, let's say it's an option play, and he can pull it and find someone else. Well, if the alternative is 
an A.J. Brown for 20 or 30 yards down the field? Do you try and say, all right, well, if he keeps the ball in his hands, that's better. We need to, uh, I guess, to find – it's sort of like basketball. When LeBron James has it, you're not going to stop LeBron James. It's just how do you limit him? Do they look at that as maybe that's our best option? Because if we allow the explosive plays to this weapon of Devontae Smith or this weapon of A.J. Brown, we'll take a five, six, seven-yard run. We're just trying to limit it. Do they do that and put the ball in Hurts' hands more? I'm spitballing. I'm just saying, would that help out their rushing numbers, though? For uh, for Hertz, it's possible. Yeah, I I don't think there's any question. If he plays every game, he's going way over that sure. number. Way yeah. over that number. Now, do you so, think that's something that he – because he's Super Bowl, I want to win a championship, his head's down, that's his motto. He's just wired differently than anyone we've ever seen. Do you think that that's outrageous to think of how last year went with the Gardner Minshew, you could have secured it earlier, could have relaxed, put your team in a better position. Do you think that type of stuff fuels him, or is it – uh, irrelevant. It's just really about that championship. Um, with him, it's yeah. I think it's just about the championship. I mean, yeah, he's so hyper focused. I don't think he yep. thinks about other players. I, you know, like the backup. He, you know, the backup's in there because he got hurt. So yeah, he knows he doesn't want to get hurt. And um, from his perspective, I always thought you can't legislate injuries. People try. They try. I mean, if somebody could do it, they would have done it by now. You can't. Um, you just play and the Eagles to their credit, I agree with them. They're like, um, you know, you can talk about turning him into Tom Brady and lasting for 22 years. That's not how he plays. The shelf life is going to be smaller. Take advantage of the stinking shelf life <laughs> while you have it. Do that. Win a Super Bowl. And then everybody's happy for what did Doug get? A year? I don't know. I thought Doug would get lifetime dispensation, which turned out to be 12 months. But um, anyway, take advantage of the shelf life and, and try to win another Super Bowl. That's where I think the Eagles are. What that shelf life is, I have no idea. Because eventually, everybody gets hurt. Sure. Tom Brady got hurt. Yeah, Remember? Everybody I, gets hurt not at often. some point. Tom Brady is the exception, not the rule. He's pretty damn healthy for 20 years. Yeah, his but he tore his ACL the one between. year. You know, Zach Ertz said all the time, and Zach's coming off a torn ACL, just got cleared. Um, the the injury rate in this game, if you play it long enough, is 100%. 100%. Sure. So. Yep. Off topic, by the way, you mentioned Doug Peterson, and I, I apologize if I'm going to take us off the rails here. No, don't take us off. I love going <laughs> off. And yeah, we're in the dog days of it. Right. Uh, every time you – like you just talked about the end, right? I can't believe it happened and it, it ended up going the direction it did. Man, I always see the screenshots of his press conferences towards the end, and I can't imagine that feeling. Whenever him, Howie, and, and Lori, whenever they had that conversation down in Florida – I can't imagine the feeling when he left that place. The just the whoo man, just the feeling of getting everything off of his back. Because towards the end, that dude was broken, man. I could not imagine what yeah. was going on in his. Well, that you know, now that we've breath. now that we've gone through, now that we've gone off the rails, I I I think that's something good to bring up. At what point does Nick Sirianni say, you know what? I'm I'm freaking a good coach. I've made a Super Bowl. If he wins a Super Bowl, if he goes back to the Super Bowl, at what point does he say, I want a little bit more autonomy? Or is he just Mr. Go-Along to get along? 
Well, that's a great question because we know that Doug Peterson wasn't allowed to bring back who he was. Oh, man, now I'm – he yeah. said guys are coming back a day later. Woo, yeah. man, sports talk radio was fun then. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but let's let's play sports talk radio here just for a second, and yeah. you guys chime in with your opinion. I like the fact that Doug tried to flex his muscles a little bit. The thing was, he was fighting wrong fights. He was sticking up for guys who didn't deserve to be stuck up for. Was he Mike was Rowe? picking the wrong fight with the wrong people, and that's why well, he ended Mike, up getting pushed Mike out him. the door. Mike I didn't have a problem one. with him fighting, but fight a winning fight, Doug. Don't fight a losing fight. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it was Mike Rowe, and then was it Press Taylor? Were those the yeah, two names? Press, oh, yeah. It was Press and then Matt Burke. Uh, that was, uh, you know, he wanted to elevate Press to offensive coordinator and uh, Matt Burke to defensive coordinator or Corey Unlin, which would have been exciting. Um, but oh, real, real quick, John, with, with Nick Sirianni, Desai and Brian Johnson, did he have an influence on those? Because remember, who left to go to the Vikings? The DB's coach, right? Uh, Denard Wilson went to the Ravens. Ravens. Oh, to the Ravens, Ravens. excuse yeah. me. To the Ravens. Purple. Purple. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's where my mind was at. Uh, was yeah, that, well, that a... just reminds me. I never saw a shot of him on the sidelines. On I, Thursday. I Why didn't we get a shot much. of him? Probably because yeah. nobody cares about position coaches. No. Yeah. Yeah, Except for talking. Nick Rallis, who refused to put the Kobe Dean in the game. Well, I'm not saying you. I'm saying TB people. Oh, okay. Dude, they don't give a crap about position coaches. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. I just yeah. I don't know how much Sirianni had say with the – like, I feel like he co-signed the Johnson thing. I think he had more power, I guess, in his early stages with Howie and, and Laurie than it seemed Doug Peterson did. I guess that's kind of what I'm, I'm getting at. It seemed so you, that way, but I don't you know. agree with that, John? I think – he hired no. Desai. I think that was his call. Well, I than a Howie call or a Jeffrey call. I the, think that was a Nick call. The way the Eagles do it um, is, in the case of Brian Johnson, Hunter's right. Um, Nick didn't have a prior relationship, so Nick had certain guys he wanted. Shane he wanted, JG wanted. Although JG was going to be here no matter what, if they hired Josh McDaniels, he was going to be here. Um, Kevin Petulos is closest coach confidant on the staff. There were certain guys that that he wanted, and he he was given that autonomy to hire those guys. Um, then, for for positions that he didn't have somebody, how we would go out and get the candidates, and then Nick would interview him and hire him. So he hired Brian Johnson, but how we found Brian Johnson. Um, so that's sort of how it works at the end of Doug's. It was Jeffrey Laurie became great owner. As Jody says, I say it all the time, but you know, he became a scapegoat guy. Like if you don't live up to expectations, somebody's got to be a scapegoat. Somebody's got to pay. Mike Rowe had to pay. He was the scapegoat. And that's where it all started. Cause Doug, as Hunter pointed out, uh, he's coming back. And then 24 hours later, Oh, he's out the door. Because Jeffrey needed the scapegoat. And up. then after the bad season, it was like Jim Swartz got the hell out of here because he knew what was coming. Retired for 10 days, I think. Um, <laughs> smart guy, Jim Swartz, very smart guy. Got the hell out of Dodge before it came down. And he wanted Press Taylor. Look, that is a pet peeve of mine because this this organization told me, oh, he's so smart. He's so gifted. 
he's going to be this great coach. Press Taylor, press Taylor, press Taylor. And then Doug took a liking to him, and all of a sudden he's the biggest idiot in the world. And by the way, Press is doing just fine. Yeah. Back with Doug as the offensive coordinator with one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, I lean on Doug's side. Doug won a Super Bowl. Doug should have, should have been given the autonomy to hire his coaches. If that doesn't work, if Matt Burke craps the bed, Press Taylor, then you fire everybody. All right. But at some point, Hunter Brody, yes. Jody McDonald, I think that's coming with Nick Sirianni because it comes with everybody. The more success you have, and if something goes wrong, then after that success, you say, I didn't want that. I, you know, why are you making me do this? This is the reason why it went wrong. That's what happened with Doug Peterson. It's like, didn't I win the Super Bowl? What are you guys telling me what to do? Well, ultimately, that's going to happen. Th think this the Eagles are so good that we can kick back, relax, and start throwing around pressure yeah, from years ago because we know that yeah. they're going to be automatic and they're going to yeah. go out there and dominate. There's nothing to hey. even talk about anymore, man. We're going Dougie B right. and Press Taylor. Well, we're, we're Nick running, we're running late be on the time. First I want guy to not have an issue if, you know, hey, it's going to happen. <laughs> Uh, one last question for you, Hunter, before we let you run. Yes. Um, guy ran this by me again. I did a, a gambling show in Boston last night. Plus 375. Eagles start 5-0. and oh. You taking it? All right. Run it through me real quick. It's Patriots. Then it's Min Minnesota. Vikings, Tampa Bay, Washington. Who's number five? Okay. Uh, I got it. Yeah, you're right. It's Patriots. Jets are six. Yep. I see it here. Uh, yeah, I think so. I, that's a that's good odds for those teams. Plus three seventy five that the Eagles start five and zero. Four zero and one is not five and zero. You have to win all five games. No ties, no losses allowed. But you're getting plus three seventy five. Will the birds be three and zero? I I five, five and zero. Yeah, five and zero. I like that. I mean, the Patriots, the Vikings, beatable teams, Buccaneers, Commanders, and Rams. Like those are beatable squads. If you threw in, if you had back to back with the Bills and the 49ers early in the season, maybe I don't feel that comfortable. The numbers should be plus eight thousand at that rate, but plus three seventy five. You know, I feel like that's some some good opportunity yeah, to make I, some I, cash. They're, they're going to be four and one. They're going to lose to New England. Johnny or... Mac says, save your money. They're not going to be 5-0. Yeah, they're going to be 4-1. Well, we're all John's the naysayer, and he's got a 4 no, I was That's a say... good thing. When McMullen's the naysayer, and it's 4-1, that's a pretty good place it, to it's be. Going to be. It's going to be New England or Washington. Uh, oh! They can't, they oh, can't they, lose. They're, they're, sweeping, they're sweeping the commanders this year. They yeah, can't uh, lose sorry. to Minnesota and, and, at home. Uh, we're, we're, home not having, we're not having Ed Kratz on that week if uh, Howell beats yeah. Eagles. Well, I mean, hey, listen, Joshua Harris. Harris. You, got, you got Kratz's shift if the commanders Look, beat the Eagles. It, it's got more to do. It's not about the teams. It's 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 got more to do with the Eagles and the fact that there's so much change. Five defensive starters. All the coaching changes. There's going to be a mistake. There's going to be a hiccup. 
there's it's gonna happen. Jody, I don't know how you do it, man. Every day you do this. You know, is you know what the most <laughs> important nine change is? Jalen Hurts is still the Eagles quarterback, and Sam Howell is now the Redskins, uh, the yeah. Commanders they, quarterback. The, 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 the homers, the, the 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 Kelly Green. I gotta I gotta talk everybody off the leg. Now, you guys, if they lose a game, it's going to be a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. It's going to be worse. Than, no, only if they only if they lose to the Commanders. That's a catastrophe. I could yeah. I could work my through any my way through any of the other four, but if they lose to the Commanders, that's a catastrophe. Uh, never a catastrophe when Hunter Brody joins us. Brody's always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find the Hunter Brody pod? Oh, YouTube, Brody's Media. Check it out. Spotify, Apple Pod, all the good stuff. And he'll have his uh, Kelly Green hat on every once in a while. Not every show, but often enough. Uh, thanks, Brods. You got it. Thanks, fellas. Hunter Brody thanks, here with us Broads. on Birds 365. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac coming back to put a bow on the show. Stay here on Birds 365. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore Here, imaginations run wild And time stands still Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore All on one five-mile island So leave the old you behind And get lost in the woods Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Eagles. All right, Mac and Mac, got to put a bow in the show. We're almost out of time, ran long with Hunter. Hunter's good. He's always fun to shoot the Eagles breeze with. All right, so Johnny Mac, no trip to South Philly tomorrow. Uh, are they going to move the game up Thursday in case it's going to rain or? Uh, I wish they would move the game up. I wish they would cancel the game. Oh, yeah. Don Spolinski just just took you off the Christmas card list. You're out with Bowen. Canceling preseason game. You know what that would cost the Eagles? I think Don has already took me off the Christmas because I said he's picking people's pockets today. So that's, he's probably, I'm probably already off the Christmas list. But, uh, um, I do. Well, I, I want to now. You're off the birthday card list. The yeah. Christmas you were out. The birthday you're off yeah. to. No, he's doing the job. He does a great job. He does a great job. Uh, but you know, it is what it is from the perspective of of the value of of what. And you said it yourself. What they're throwing out there and charging people regular oh, season prices and parking it's highway robbery. Yeah, it's it's anybody who looks at it any other way is crazy. But I want to. We're at the point where I want to fast forward to week one in Boxborough. And I said it. You remember? I know we got to leave, but people lived through it last year. I said that is a tougher spot. This is a tougher spot than people realize. New England's not a great team, but they're not terrible. Home opener, Tom Brady day. Everybody's fired up. Could the Eagles persevere? Yes. I also like Dan Orlovsky was. I, you know how many times I say this. Here's what Dan tweeted. The Patriots are going to try to play a style of football that they did in the early 2000s. Great defense, dominate on the ground, efficient pass game that's matchup driven. As always, zig when everybody else is zagging. So maybe it's Belichick who does it. I, I say that all the time. Why does everybody do the same thing? Then it becomes who does, who does it best? I, I like the people that zig when everybody else is zagging. If the Patriots do that and do it successfully, that's going to be a tougher game than people realize. Eagles are the better team. They can out-talent them. They could persevere just like they did against the Lions. But I think it's going to be tougher than people realize. Good philosophy, good line of thinking. Got to have the players. And I, give, me, give me the Orlovsky quote about – Great running game, great, great defense. defense, dominated on the ground, efficient you, pass game. They, they got they game. got the talent on defense to be a great defense. Yeah, they got a pretty good defense. I, I, what is a great defense? Great, in the great defense era? is top eight. Yes, they they have a top. You eight think defense. they got a top eight defense? But here, see, here's the thing: the Eagles had the number two defense, and everybody thinks the Eagles' defense stunk last yeah. year. Not you, but that's, that's what I'm telling you. On the opening Sunday, the better defense will be on the Eagles' side of the. Uh, sideline not oh, the, 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 the eagles the eagles are replacing five starters and three coaches, eagles defense yeah. will be a better defense than the patriot defense even replacing five starters i don't think the i don't think the patriot defense is all that good judon is a star player who's their next difference maker who's the patriots difference maker on defense other than judon uh eagles have like four difference makers well they're at, all on at the corner front. and at uh defense well yeah line. the corners i mean they're all but the eagles linebacker i mean uh uh the eagles have more talent i don't nobody's going to argue that i mean the eagles are i think the most talented team in football so i'm not i'm never going to argue that they 
don't have more talent, but I don't think they're going 17 and 0. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the Patriots corners are not known, but they play well. You know, they always, you know, I, I think back to the days of, of Patrick Chung, who the Eagles can use, but the, the Patriots always found a way to use him correctly. They drafted Gonzalez. I'm looking, Kyle Duggar's a good player. Phillips, Jack, Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones. They're, they're sort of, they're good players. Um, they're going to be a top 10 defense. I'm looking, yeah. they're going to be a top 10 defense. Uh, to be great, you got to be top eight. And I don't think they're that. So sorry for uh, that line of thinking coming into the year. And by the way, if the Eagles lose week one, I'll give you two, only two words to describe why they would lose week one. Tom Brady. The crowd might be so pumped well, up, but it may is, be so yeah, marginal. That, that could actually carry the pay. I'm much more afraid of Tom Brady's emotional influence than the Patriot defense week one against the Eagles. That's that's my read on it. But we got John and I are both trying to fast forward to week one as yeah. best as we possibly can. We got a bunch of preseason stuff to get to first. And we will start that again tomorrow right here on Bird Street 65 when McMullen and McDonald return in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.